Hello and welcome to this episode of Exposed, the podcast that exposes ideas and inspiration for UK businesses to stand out and succeed. Each episode, I'll be joined by a special guest who's going to reveal their tips and techniques to help your business thrive. I'm Matthew Larkham, an award-winning entrepreneur, best-selling author, and the founder of B2B Expos, the UK's fastest-growing business-to-business network. Joining me today is David Harris from one to create David has over 27 years' experience in media and marketing, helping businesses to increase their revenue and return on investment. His primary focus is to provide a whole range of marketing services. And David... If you're the, ma- you're the managing director as well of Want to Create, a digital marketing agency based in the South, which you co-founded with your wife, Rosie. So hello, David. Hi, Matthew. How are you? Yes, I'm not too bad. Now, we've got you. We couldn't get you in the room. You're the only person we couldn't get in the room. But I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> but we've managed to track you down because a little uh, dicky bird told me that you don't work Fridays. I don't. That's correct. So how can you cram all, your, all of the stuff that you do? Because I see ones you create everywhere when I'm looking online. So how can you cram it all in in just four days? I work really long days on the four days. <laughs> do you? <laughs> <laughs> so what does your typical day look like? It really depends what day of the week it is, because I'm, I'm involved in, in a lot of different activities that want to create. So mm-hmm. I will usually spend the mornings dealing with any internal meetings that I need to have. Um, and at some point during the mornings, I will usually get onto the phone and start to speak to um, some of the sales leads and prospects that, I, that I'm working with, be they new customers or existing customers. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then in the afternoon, lots of afternoons, I'm spent doing quotes and proposals. Um, yesterday afternoon, I was shooting a load of videos to use on my LinkedIn profile over the next few, few weeks. Um, I'm a little bit of a carrier bag in the wind. Uh, I really don't know. And when the week starts, I have a rough idea what I'm supposed to do, but <laughs> it <laughs> change on me quite rapidly. So you like me, do you start with a to-do list and then never get it done? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I have a to-do list that is still got the same amount of things, if not more at the end of the day. than. Um, <laughs> well, that just proves that we're just busy people, isn't it? So tell me about one to create for those listening that don't know about the company what is it that you do and what are you experts at okay so we're uh, what i would class as a full service marketing agency so we do everything from branding up to web print design um, graphic design video animation social media copywriting pretty much anything outside of physical telesales we offer as a service to our customers so you're a one-stop shop for marketing basically we are a one-stop shop and we actually do everything in-house there are lots of people that say they do it all in-house but they Mm -hmm. don't really whereas we actually really do we all sit in the same room and we all work together and that must benefit the client in more ways than one because obviously you know, you can sit down with all of your team and explain the projects instead of it being Chinese whispers. Absolutely. That's one of the main reasons that um, I wanted to put a company together. I started off as a freelancer and one of the main reasons I became a company is because I couldn't do everything on my own and I found that whenever anything went wrong on a project, it was always somebody else I'd used and then they were off on another project or I didn't know where they were. And I was a bit too much of a control freak for that. So mm. I wanted to get everybody all under one roof. But no, it, it definitely helps. You know, when we have a kickoff meeting with customers, everybody that's going to work on the project sat around the table with the customer hearing firsthand. And then when they're working on the project, whatever that may be, they're all collaborating together on a daily basis, which makes a, much, uh, makes a dramatic difference to the end result that you get. 
And what is the difference between digital marketing and traditional marketing? Because that's, 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 your, that's your expertise, isn't it? So, well, so traditional marketing, you, you'd be thinking of things like uh, advertising in print, um, billboard campaigns, radio. Exhibitions. Exhibition, yeah, exhibitions, I guess. Yeah. Um, although I class, yeah, I mean, I know that, that it's, there's a, the line between traditional and digital, I think, is merging together. So, mm-hmm. yes, probably in the strictest sense of the word, things like networking events and business shows, you would class as traditional, but I think they match very well in the modern digital marketing world and, and can be used to really enhance things you are doing from a digital side of things. So digital marketing is things like social media, Am I, is that right? Websites, um, search engine optimization, content marketing, uh, conversion rate optimization, all, all of the, all the horrible buzzwords that marketing people use all the time. And for a lot of people, this can, ca- can cause many headaches. Um, and you've actually come along to speak at our shows. What's the sort of feedback that you're getting from the people that attend these seminars? Uh, I get a lot of really positive feedback from, from the talks that I do. Um, I know that I try when I do talks to give as much information as possible. Um, I, I don't just stand there and use it as an opportunity to do a sales pitch for one to create. I, usually my biggest problem is cutting slides down so I know I'm actually going to be able to fit everything in in the time slot I've got. Um, so, yeah, I get a lot of really positive feedback. I do get sales leads that come off of the back of it as well, which is always great. Um, but we made a decision many years ago with one to create that the way we were going to market ourselves was to freely give away information and genuinely try and help people. Some of those people will take that information and go away and do it themselves. Other people don't have the time to do it themselves, so they come to us. And actually, interestingly, sometimes the person that you've originally met and helped never becomes your customer, but then they recommend you to someone. Yeah, so it's the word of mouth that follows. So how do you do it then as a, as a company? How do you market yourselves digitally online? Right, so we are very active um, on the web. So we've, we've got, we always have a very good um, organic social uh, SEO campaign running. So we rank on the first page of Google for all of the keywords and phrases that we need to for people to find us when they're looking. We're active on social and content marketing. We still do some, some more traditional types of marketing as well. We, do, we quite often will have a telesales operation running off of some kind of a, of a cleansed data set that's relevant. We don't do cold calling. Mm. Um, but we'll do what I would class as warm calling. Um, we're also very active on LinkedIn doing social selling as well. And you come to the shows as well. So it, it, seems, like you, it seems like you're mixing both of them together. Yeah, which I think you need to do. I, I, I think that um, when, um, when you think about trying to sell your product or service to a person, there are many different ways that you're going to be able to reach that prospect. And everybody's different. You know, what's going to work for one type of person isn't going to work for someone else. So the more things that you can do, um, the more marketing channels you've got open, the more successful you're going to be. So if somebody was thinking about starting a business or they've already got a business and they haven't yet got stuck in with digital marketing, where should somebody start? Right. So if they're just starting off, I think the foundations of all digital marketing, you need a really good website. Uh, mm-hmm. That's going to be easy for people to use when they when they hit the site. And it's also going to be what the prospect is expecting when they land on the website as well. It need, the way the site visuals and the, the tone of the copy on it needs to be what the prospect is expecting to see when they hit that site. So they know they're in the right place. Yes. Yeah. I, I think uh, 
search engine optimization really for me should be the foundation of all digital marketing. You know, if somebody searches in Google for a, a web design agency in Hampshire and they find us, they're a very warm lead when they come. It's a much different type of lead that you're going to get from that. Now, is, so, is SEO not an expensive thing for businesses to do? Is it expensive? It can be. It depends what you class as expensive. I set my first business up when I was 19, when I, was used, I used to teach martial arts, actually. And um, back in the day when I was 19, the only game in town was the Yellow Pages. Yes. And yeah. my Yellow Page advert used to cost me £9,500 a year. Oh, and that was in the mid-80s. So, I, you know, organic SEO doesn't cost as much as that Yellow Pages advert used to cost um, by, by a long shot. So, no, I don't think it's expensive. But, but there is a cost to it. There's a cost to all marketing. Mm. And that cost is either going to be... As a business owner, you're trying to do it yourself, which is taking you away from your core focus of, your, of the activities of the business you've set up. So that's actually going to cost you time or it's going to cost you uh, the, the expertise of paying a person to do it for you. I think there's quite a bit of misconception when I meet lots of people that are setting up new businesses, especially mm-hmm. they think they can almost set a new business up and spend nearly nothing. Um, they almost take the, the lean startup which really means more like if you're going to set Google up, you don't have to spend 10 million before you launch. Not yeah. if you're going to set a business up, you can do it for 500 pound. Um, and they, they kind of take it too far. So there is, a, there is an expense. I think you have to believe enough in yourself and your business to actually invest money in your marketing. If you're spending money, you're thinking you're not going to get a return. You should be investing in marketing. So, you know, every pound you spend in marketing, you should be making back in multiples um, of profit. And I, and I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? You know, if you're getting your return on investment, it, it doesn't, you know, surely you want to put, if I've got a machine, if I've got something, or if I put a pound in and it's, it's producing me 10 pounds, I'm going to want to put more pounds in. You know? Absolutely um, right. Yeah, absolutely right. And what sort of changes have you noticed? Because obviously um, Google in particular always changing algorithm, algorithms and things like that. So what sort of changes have you noticed uh, recently when it comes to to that and SEO and that people might need to consider for their own websites? I mean, as you've said, Google Google changes the rules, rules practically daily. Um, so you can actually start to lose your mind if you try it to keep it up. I mean, mm-hmm. I've seen things where Google's changed its mind back and forth over the course of the month. So by the end of the month, if you'd done nothing, actually you were still <laughs> compliant because it had all <laughs> done a full 360. Um, there's kind of a joke in the SEO world. They call people alcoholics that are the ones that physically, the second anything changes, they're, ma- they're making a change on their website. Um, I think the, 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 best, the biggest change I've seen over the last few years, and in my opinion, it's a very good change, is all Google really wants to do is provide its customers, which are people that are searching, with the best possible service it can. So if you search for a business show in Southampton and your website pops up talking about the Southampton business show in November, mm-hmm. that's, that is providing that person a really good service. They're, they're, looking, they're looking for a show it's given them that show. So as long as people have their websites and they're actually about what they're trying to rank for, that's all really Google wants. So yeah. a lot of SEO, I mean, SEO is a lot more technical than that, but, but the, the, the core of SEO is if you're trying to rank a website for keywords that make sense for that site to rank for, as an SEO, your job is much easier than 
you know, lots, some people try and cheat search engines to rank for things they don't really do, and that becomes much harder. So is that the same thing that we need to be looking at in terms of our websites, such as keywords, meta descriptions, all that sort of stuff? Absolutely. It's interesting. I'm actually running a, a set of videos on my LinkedIn profile. I started them this week talking about SEO. And uh, I've realized as I've started to plan it, I was thinking I was going to try and do it over a week or two. But actually, it's probably going to take me about six or seven weeks because there's just so much to talk so about. Much, yeah. But and, you know, from, a, from a basics, from an SEO perspective, you need to pick really good quality keywords and make them as specific as you can. So earlier on, I said web design agency in Hampshire. That's very specific. I don't really want one to create to rank for web design on its own. It's mm. so broad that loads of people are going to find me and that's not what they're looking for. They're going to bounce off my, my page and that's actually going to affect the ranking of all my keywords. So I don't want that to happen. So once you've chosen those really good keywords, it's then about making sure that you're using them correctly in the, the meta title. You're using good meta descriptions that contain the keywords and also have a bit of a sales hook to try to, to entice people to click onto the site. If you don't get your meta descriptions correct and Google doesn't think the meta description matches the content of your web page, it makes its own meta description up and it usually does a really terrible job. Mm. So, so yeah, it's all about choosing the right keywords and then making that flow through the architecture of your website from an SEO perspective. And what about the design of a website? How does that need to be structured? Well, it obviously needs to be mobile friendly. So it's got to be responsive and... Yeah, it definitely needs to be responsive. And do you know what, Matthew? It's you would think that in this day and age now, I would never meet a customer that was coming to me for web design that didn't have a responsive website. But I would say, two out of every five I, that we deal with still haven't actually moved across. To wow, that's a, that's a big number of businesses, isn't it? It's shocking when you consider. I think I read a stat last year that seventy percent of all the web pages served last year were served on a mobile device, be that a tablet or a phone. So. No, it, it's, a, it's such a no-no that you would think nobody. I mean, Google's been using mobile friendliness as a ranking factor since 2015. You know, we're, we're practically in 2019 already, aren't we? Because let's face it, the summer's over before we know it. The summer's gone, yeah. <laughs> There's going to be Christmas decorations in the shops and we're all going to be booking meetings for January soon. They're already in the shops, David. I've seen them already. I've seen Christmas cards in the card factory already. Oh, no, don't do it. I, I know. Don't do it. <laughs> So, so, so what about, um, so with a website, what are the key things that you need to be including on your website to, to try and get those conversions? Right. So you obviously need the website to be uh, about, if you're thinking about the journey from when someone's found you in search, the website needs to be about what that person searched for. It needs to be explaining your products and your services it needs to have the right sales tone in it. So you're also trying to explain to this, this visitor why they should use you, what differentiates you from your competitors. It needs to be very simple to use with a nice intuitive navigation system so that users don't get confused or lost. Um, and it needs to have really clear and good calls to action that, that actually start to try to turn your website visitors into actual sales prospects and eventually customers. Because you can have all the fancy marketing you like, but if your website is shockingly bad, it's not going to convert the leads into sales, is it? No, 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 it's not at all. Um, uh, and it's actually going to do the reverse. It's going to work against you um, from, a, from a selling perspective. Yeah, so Again, some, yeah, we have some people that come to us and their websites are so bad and they know their websites are bad that they actually say to us, we actively dissuade people from visiting our website because we know oh. it's actually going to be a sales blocker. Um, 
and, and that happens a lot. Again, you, you would think in 2018 that everybody would have good websites that maybe needed to be made better by agencies like mine, but there are still a lot of atrocious websites out there. And for, for a small business, how can they stand out now in the dig, digital world in terms of marketing and online, social media, all of that? How can they stand out? Because your branding is quite good. It's quite unique. You use um, some really, um, um, what's the word I'm sort of looking for? Inspirational images of people and their expressions. You know, so every, yes, yeah, so you can see that. So how can somebody else do, uh, replicate that? I, th I think it's not necessarily not necessarily about replicating. I think it's about making sure that you go back to basics when you design a website. You need to physically think about the various sales personas that you're you know you're actively trying to resonate with. You create the personas, and then you make sure that the the imagery and the text is suitable for that particular demographic. Right. And sometimes you can have multiple demographics. And you know, if you think we work a lot with recruitment companies, so they're trying to appeal to candidates, but they're also trying to appeal to companies, which are two very you know, different demographics. Yeah. Um, so it's all about making sure that, that the site resonates with your target audience. And that really is the same when you start to move into content marketing and you start to think about blogging and you start to think about social media. Because um, content marketing is a great way of, of getting your, the personality of your business across. Um, you can move away from a, you know, if you have quite a corporate tone on your, on your branding and your, your point of sales material on your website, blogging and social media allows you to move away from that slightly and be, and be, more, be less formal. Because at the end of the day also, people buy from people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, years ago, you could hide behind faceless websites and pretend. I remember when I set one to create up back in 2002, it was just me, which is why I called the company one to create. And, um, but if you read my website, it read like I was like an international design company with my dedicated, I used to refer to my dedicated team of staff and I was working from a room in my house and my sister used to make fun of me because <laughs> I had two boxer dogs at the time that used to sleep by my feet. And so they were my dedicated team of stuff. And you could kind of hide behind the website. Um, the web was kind of a very barren, faceless place. place. Whereas now, it's gone back to a more natural place. People want to buy from people. So they are going to go onto your website. They're going to jump onto the About Us section of your site. They're going to look at the bios and the profiles of you and the, and the members of your team. They're, they're going to read your blog. They're going to go onto social media and have a look. They're probably going to try and find your um, personal social media platforms as well and have a look at those too. So um, I, th I think it's a, the world we live in today, the digital world we live in today, I, I think is really cool because it's all about people and their personalities. Mm. And I know certainly from a want to create perspective, when we're um, in the sales process with a new customer, and I know obviously they're deciding whether they want to use us as their supplier, but we're actually equally trying to figure out whether we want them to be our customer as well. Because you know, if you think about how much of your, work, your life is spent at work, personally, I want to work with clients that I get on with. And, and, I, and I, we do get on with our customers, which is probably why we keep our customers for so long. Yeah, yeah, you've got to have that working relationship, although you only work four days a week. So what, uh, <laughs> what challenges would you say a small business is facing when it comes to, comes to digital marketing? Um, I think there's a, a lack of understanding um, and that can be a lack of understanding as do they need to do it at all? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I still sometimes meet people that say, you know, I don't need to be found in search engines and I can never really understand that. Um, 
I, I still meet people that either aren't using social media for really weird reasons. Like I don't want to be on social media because then people will say bad things about me. You kind right. of have to explain to them people are going to say bad things about you if you're not on social media. Yeah. At least if yeah. you're on social media, you can deal, you can yeah. deal with it. Yeah, you can police it. You can respond to it. Yeah. Yeah. And funnily enough, sometimes the way you respond to some kind of negative comment on social media can actually make you look better than, than somebody who's giving you a, a positive comment. Yeah, yeah. And, and where do reviews come into digital marketing? Because the review seems to be a, a hot thing now. Yeah, yeah. Review, reviews are very important. I, I use reviews all the time, especially if I'm buying products, um, but, but obviously also if I buy services as well. So reviews that come from trusted places, so like Google business, my business, Google business reviews, for example, mm. um, those are the sorts of things that can give you credibility and can actually help a customer, dis, you know, help them make the decision that, yeah, they are going to use you because they might look at those reviews and um, decide that, yeah, okay, th- th- this actually set, sets you apart from the other people that we're speaking to or thinking of, of working with. Now, an interesting thing about reviews are, there's an SEO opportunity with reviews. Right. It's obviously brilliant if somebody leaves you a review in Google and mentions what you do. So if somebody leaves us a review and says, oh, well, thank you for working on our website, we're really pleased with it. That's great because Google sees that and it kind of adds credibility to the fact we're trying to rank for web design. However, if somebody leaves you any review and says, oh, it was great working with one to create, they're highly recommended, you can reply to reviews in, in platforms like Google. So you can go back and go, thanks very much for your kind words. We really enjoyed working on your website and, and actually get those keywords in. Uh, you, you obviously need to make it natural so yes. that it doesn't look like your keyword stuffing, but you adding those keywords into your reply to that comment, that review, gives almost the same amount of credibility in Google's eyes as it being in the main review. So that, that there's a, a practice that you can do of actually optimizing your, the responses to your reviews, which can help you in, in search and local search. Right, so if, if somebody listens in today hasn't got a Google listing, that's one thing that they can start doing straight away, isn't it? Setting that up. Absolutely. I would say if you were thinking of a handful of things that if people don't have, they, um, they, they should do, they definitely should claim their Google business listing. The way it works with Google is most businesses, it's created the listing already, so it will just be sat there. So you want to get onto that listing and you want to acclaim it and then you want to set it up, put all your opening times in uh, and fill in all. It's very easy to fill in, but, you know, fill it, fill it all in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would also say you want to make sure that you put uh, Google Analytics on your website. It's another free thing that's very easy to add. Gives you loads of data about what's going on on your website and also add Google Search Console onto your website, which is another free tool from Google, which can help you in search as well. And that's the greatest thing about this. This is all free stuff that people can do and it gets you on the pretty much the homepage, depending on what people are searching, of Google, isn't it? And it takes, on of the screen that you're looking at, the browser, it takes up a lot of space. It does, yeah. So you get it a lot, lot of exposure there. Yeah, so, so again, if you, if you cannot be optimising your, um, your local search and then you, you, you do it well and you appear in the, in the, the maps... Obviously, as you've said, you know, the way, the way a Google search result page works these days is you tend to have some paid ads at the top. If there are then map results, those map results are going to be there. Um, and then organic results are going to be below. Now, another thing as well that is very important that I forgot to mention earlier when we were speaking about reviews. Mm. Once you've got five reviews, you can add a, a piece of code to your website, which will then actually pull your star rating 
into the search results of your organic search. So have you, have you, have you noticed sometimes when you do a search, some of the results have got a star rating next yes, to it? Yes, 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 yes. Right, okay, so that's just a rich snippet. It's a piece of code. Um, right. And the only real rule is you have to have five, a minimum of five reviews. Right, so you have to have five reviews on your Google listing. Yeah, then you add the piece of code. Add um, the code. And, and again, if you've got a WordPress website, I believe there's a plugin that deals with it, or you can do it manually. It's a tiny little snippet of code. You can Google how to do it and find it. It's very, very simple. And then Google will add those um, star ratings next to your results. So from a um, conversion rate perspective, the results with the star ratings obviously draw your eye on the page. So they have a, cl they have a higher click-through rate than the ordinary. So, yes. so yes. you can actually be lower down the page with star ratings and actually get a bigger percentage of the clicks than you should do. So what's your vision now, David, going forward for the next sort of few years for one to create? What do you want to get out of your business? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I really love what I do. So I kind of want to just keep doing more of the same. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so I, I kind of want to keep doing more of the same. We, we, tend, we tend to grow every year as, as a business um, by about 10% each year. That's something that we could certainly continue doing for a few more years. I wouldn't want to reach the point where we got too big because I, I like, I kind of like the size of the team I've got now. We would have the capacity as a team we are to take on more work than we do currently. But I think I would, I would probably have to really think about things if we started to reach a point where I was thinking, actually, do you know what, to, to, to do something new now, we're going to have to bring on, you know, three or four more people. Yeah. I, I, I like the size of the company that it is now. And I think what a lot of businesses worry about is not having a plan in terms of digital marketing. Is that something that they can get help from with you guys? Yes, absolutely. And that's actually an incredibly important point. And when I do training and workshops, it's something that I always mention. You have in everything that you do in marketing, you should plan it first and then do it. Um, rather than doing and then seeing what happens and trying to work out what you what you what the results were afterwards yeah. you should be thinking i am going to do this activity and this activity this is what i want to happen from this activity because if you actually set yourself that as a criteria you can then analyze how successful was that did it work did it not work and that's the same even right the way down to the, the minutiae of pushing social media content out for your business. You shouldn't just push content out and then hope for the best. You should actually think I'm going to push this piece of content out. And what I'm hoping this content is going to do is, you know, drive traffic to my site, um, help to position me as a, as a, as a expert in my industry, um, entertain people and you, you know, get, get engagement, help me get more likes to my Facebook business page, whatever, whatever it is, because, that way you can do the things and then on a regular basis, you can analyze if it worked or not. Yeah. And it's important to know what works and what doesn't work because obviously the things that are working, you need to do, be doing more of and the things that aren't working, you obviously need to be doing yeah. much less. Absolutely. So David, anybody listening that wants to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Right. So they, the easiest way would be to go to my company's website, which is www www.wanttocreate.co.uk and it's, so it's O-N-E, the number to create. You can find us on all the social media platforms. You can look for me personally on LinkedIn. Um, I'm pretty easy to find and, and reach out and connect to me. Um, but yeah, 
however you get in contact with us, we're very good at getting back to people when they're trying to get in touch with us. Right, it's this time of the uh, episode, David, where I ask my guests uh, six, uh, some questions in 60 seconds, and it's a good opportunity for the listeners to find out a bit more about you. So, are you ready? Fire away. Fire away. Okay, three, two, one. What's your favourite biscuit? My favourite biscuit, Hobnobs. Favourite film? Um, Pulp Fiction. If you could be an animal, what would you be? Dog. Indoors or outdoors? Outdoors. Favourite board game? Baseball. Waitrose or Asda? Waitrose. Favourite time of day? The evening. Twitter, Facebook or LinkedIn? LinkedIn, of course. Worst job? Um, Probably working behind a bar. Uh, Your biggest weakness? I can't spell. Greatest strength? Greatest strength is um, being able to answer quick fire questions. (laughs) (laughs) And three words to describe yourself. Um, Oh, wow. That's really hard. um, Three words to describe myself. I would say focused, motivated, funny. Funny, yeah. And lastly, I'm going to finish off today's podcast with um, a question that I ask all my guests. Um, a lot of people uh, seem to assume that success is measured financially, but how do you measure success, David? Right, well, I'm not one of those people that measures it financially. I measure success in not having to work on Friday so I can spend more time with my daughter. And, and, and basically the stuff that means more to you than money. Absolutely. Probably if you'd have asked me that question 10 years ago, it would have been all about money. But as I've got older, I've realised that actually money isn't everything. Today, David, the time has just flown by, um, and that's all we've got time for today. So, thank you to my guest, David Harris, from One to Create. Join me again soon when we'll be exposing more insights into the life and business of our next guest. So, until next time, goodbye.
So yep. 